internet's only email reading podcast, M Class Email. Is that true? No, I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> and uh, you might know us from M Class Podcast, the sister podcast all about Star Trek. Uh, this one's sort of all about Star Trek as well. Yeah, Maybe no, you'll it like is. it. <laughs> It's about Star Trek. It just is. We read your emails and uh, I guess react to them because we don't always yeah. give answers. It's like an audio version of a reaction vid. Oh God, we're gonna get sued by those. Oh my assholes. God, the Fine Brothers are here. They're in my house. Uh, They're hitting me with sticks. <laughs> They're beating me with the pool noodle. Our next, our first hurt. email is from Fed. The Feds. Oh, and fuck. it is entitled "No More M Class Email." Perfect time to send an email. <laughs> It's working. A reverse psychology it, it, advertising. We brought it back just for that. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to point out before I get into this email that there are several hidden messages in the same way that uh, Romulans send the hidden messages where like certain letters are bolded. <laughs> However, they say, Hardy hair is dead. Uh, buy, what? buy hack on itch. Get a Whoa. free copy on Steam. This is subliminal as fuck. And several other things like that. So they're all nice. <laughs> is there also a picture with, like... Like, what do they used to do? Like, pictures, like, they would put, like, dicks and shit in them. <laughs> so people would buy shit. What was, like, old advertising, they would put shit in, like, the pictures. Yeah, they'd have, like, one frame of, like, a delicious frosty drink. Or, like, one frame of, yeah. like, a donut or something to get you to buy it. Like, I want it now. Um... Hardy Hair is not dead, and you can find out more about his adventures at inksburg.com. I knew that. Everybody knows that. Um, (laughs) Greetings from the past. Big fan of the Golden Griffin on the Enterprise from TAS here. What's that? The Birdman from the animated series. (laughs) I was, okay. Lieutenant Golden Griffin. Got it. Got it. (laughs) His name is Griffin. Like the normal person's name. It's Griff. Like the name Griff. And then just on. (laughs) Uh, I started going through the backlog sometime late June. The backlog of episodes, I mean. Blasting through those logs. Currently an email away from the vaunted Inner Light episode. I'm looking forward to it. I saw the Worlds Within Worlds episode about it where Paul spit out some really blue water. I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, (laughs) He always does that. He just spits out water a lot? (laughs) He's like Aquaman. Like, not the Aquaman, like an Aquaman. He's an Aquaman. He's a nice man, clearly. I think what convinced me to finally give this podcast a chance was seeing Josh's quite masterfully executed advertisement in the Goofy's Funhouse episode for, like, the fifth time. It worked! It worked! It worked! Why are they doing this every episode Just I put edit? put it in all of it. Shit, now I gotta write a note for myself so I remember. Uh, also, the Darinos OGOC episode. That yeah. was a good one. That was a really good one. That was fun. Uh, also, the thumbnail for the newest episode around that <laughs> time depicted Josh being injected with good Star Trek episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. It was the one where I was a Borg. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had, like, a big needle arm that said, Good Star Trek episodes. <laughs> uh, I listened to all email episodes at, like, two times speed. You get used to it. What the fuck? Why? That's weird. I sound so weird right now. <laughs> 
weird. I feel like I'm the denizen of some distant planet where the transmissions from Satellite M took a year or two to reach me, but now I'm finally getting them. Welcome. But that's probably not how subspace transmissions work. I think it's pretty, like, immediate. It's, like, quantum. Subspace is, like, a quantum level. Yeah. And, like, quantum entanglement is immediate, right? Uh, that's more of a radio broadcast kind of deal, like in that Scooby-Doo movie. Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. <laughs> 2000 direct to VHS, last film with Mary Kay Bergman as Daphne, R.I.P. Damn, that's a lot of really good information I did not know. He also, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> he put in uh, quotations, how interesting. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's awesome. He knew. Uh, I never got the chance to watch Star Trek in any of its iterations. Sadly, the first J.J. movie was, and probably still is, the only first-hand exposure to Star Trek. I may, um, aside from maybe catching an episode oh. of TNG on sci-fi you, every now and then. You've lived a horrible life. You need to get some I'm, good Star Trek episodes injected into you ASAP, dude. Yeah, you need that Borg needle. You're, <laughs> you need it. Uh-oh. I don't don't ha- use it after I did, though. I don't. You don't know where I've been. <laughs> oh, God, I do. You definitely don't want to use it. Uh, <laughs> put it in an autoclave. Preferably get another one. <laughs> I don't have any subscriptions to any streaming services, so these fuck-ridden, rambling, second-hand descriptions provided by you two will have to do. I fuck, love them. Fuck-ridden, second-hand ramblings. That's us. Why didn't we, why didn't we name the podcast that? <laughs> I think M-Class Podcast is a pretty good name, don't you? <laughs> I, I do, too. It's a much better name than original characters spelled O-G-O-C. I just but don't know why I did super that. Fun. O-G-O-C sounds like, uh, at any moment, a, like, a California guy is going to show up <laughs> and say, Hey, I'm from the O-G-O-C. You o- want to make out? O-G-O-C stands for original, original characters, by the way. <laughs> it's like ATM machine. <laughs> I never got the chance... Oh, he already said it. Sorry this email was so long, but to be fair, it's like 30-something episodes worth of email. I hope they still use emails in the future when this gets read. If it gets read. I hope you guys don't die. I have to catch up and find out. Hmm. I won't try and make any fun and timely M-Class references, because almost everything I've heard so far was from the year 2018, and you guys probably won't recognize them. (laughs) Uh, we don't recognize stuff that people tell us from the last episode we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't remember, like, anything. Um, I got... Once you read, like, ten emails, I, I don't remember. I try to... I mean, I remember some of it. I remember them Rich Masters emails. Yeah, well, I will... I mean, I'm gonna say I don't re- remember them with perfect clarity, which is why I need some version of it. Like, on a table. Josh has, so, like, smoked away most of his brain cells. Yeah, um, there's, like, only so much, like, memory that I have, and, like, there's a lot of shit in there. Like, there's so much shit It's in my true. Brain. He's been alive for, like, 80 years. Oh, two zingers in a row? Has Jeff grown a backbone? No. <laughs> uh, hail the Josh Henderson Satan's Collection. Signed, Fed. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves the Satan's Collection. The Satan's Collection was probably the high point of the show. <laughs> that was Halloween, right? We did the Satan's. Yeah. I don't know I what we're believe... gonna do this Halloween. Oh god, we got to find like Rumpelstiltskins. <laughs> we, that was in the Satan's collection. <laughs> yeah, but we just do it again. Uh, our next email is from fellow podcaster Asterios Kokonos, hey! and it is entitled "Here's some content for M Class Email: A bunch of old letters to Starlog." 
Nice. Which is an old mag- like fan magazine about Star Trek. Yeah. He writes, Hey Jeff and Josh, I'm pretty much the biggest fan of you guys ever. Love M-Class, pretend friends, and I even started listening to OGOC recently. Oh yeah, we're getting there. Hell yeah. Like, fucking, you're <laughs> listening to the three best podcasts, so... <laughs> Those are the only three. Uh, on the internet, even yours doesn't exist. Just ours. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> I, know you're having, goes. I know you're having trouble sourcing emails for your show, so I had an idea. Why not answer ancient questions and letters from old Usenet boards, message boards, or even Starlog? What? Here's the first letter from Starlog issue 10, December 1977. Nice. It is entitled Self-Defense Course. Okay. What does one say or do when constantly ridiculed for an interest in sci-fi and in fantasy? I constantly get mocked by my friends because of my comic books, monster magazines, and the like. My ethics teacher made a fool out of me in front of the class because I had a Star Trek poster book. Please, I need some verbal ammo to strike back at these people. Wow. Fred Gilmore Jr., St. Albans, New York. That's mean. What do you got, Josh? What do you do? I don't know if my advice would be good. (laughs) What what do you do when your ethics teacher dunks on you because of your Star Trek poster book? What do you say? I'd have been like, you're a fucking ethics teacher. That's not even a real fucking thing. You're nobody. Nobody gives a shit. Like, you're an ethics teacher and you're doing some real unethical shit right now. I wouldn't even say that. I'd be like, man, ethics is fucking stupid. This is nebulous as fuck. Your job's a joke. And then I'd get an A. He'd have been like, that was a test. He wouldn't have been. He would have fucking cried. Uh, <laughs> with some verbal ammo to strike back. Just fucking strike back physically. It's 1977. <laughs> Who's yeah, going to stop gonna you? No one's going to arrest you. <laughs> Just fucking beat up your ethics teacher. Like, yeah. who's going to stop you? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I. You know what? Fuck it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Uh, According to Starlog, this is the response. Unfortunately, your problem is not unique. People often have a tendency to ridicule something they fear, don't understand, or have no knowledge of. Oh, God, what did a Vulcan write this? Science fiction is, at times, disregarded (laughs) as being something less than an art form. Yet, some of the greatest thinkers in history have their places in the sci-fi field. Plato, Mercier, Lucian, Kepler... how you handle this situation. Sir Francis Bacon, Sir Thomas More. God, this just goes on. You're just gonna get made fun of so hard if you say this. Yeah. No, authors such as Poe, Melville, Hawthorne, Balzac, Stevenson, and Edward Everett Hale loved sci-fi. Did you just say, you say Balzac? Yeah, Balzac. <laughs> B-A-L-Z-A-C. Balzac? The art philosopher? What was it? I don't know who Balzac was. He was a writer... Is a writer? Yeah. Okay. In this, in this century alone, minds such as Huxley, Orwell, Lewis, Rand, and Burgess have penned such classic novels as Brave New World. Atlas Shrugged? No, nah, come uh, on. No, no, don't, don't. That one's not <laughs> applicable anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
<laughs> fucking Plato was often regarded as being nothing more than a dreamer. He was probably picked on by at least one ethics teacher, too. Wink, wink. Yeah, but he was also Plato, and people, like, sent their princely sons to go learn from him and shit. Hey, maybe so. one day... When Fred Gilmore Jr. of St. Albans, New York was older, people sent their princely sons to him to learn. We should look up Fred Gilmore Jr. and ask him how his life went, and if Starlog changed it He became forever. an ethics teacher, and he's fucking dunks on students now to get back. Ah, <laughs> uh, the cycle continues. <laughs> uh, here's another great question from issue 11, January 1978. Okay, I don't know where I was that day. It is, Wow. Uh, it is entitled Trek so. Bigots. Ow! And it begins... <laughs> That's harsh-ass fucking words, dude. I recently attended the Star Trek convention at the Statler Hilton Hotel in New York. It was very well run, as usual, and a lot of fun. But something <laughs> happened that usual. really bothered me. <laughs> During a question and answer, answer period, someone invariably asks Scotty, Uhura, etc. what they thought of Space 1999. This was always followed by a chorus of boos, hisses, and groans. Once I stood up and proclaimed myself to be a fan of the show. I was deeply oh. hurt when I received the same treatment. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> you, you knew they were already booing and hissing. Yeah, what did you think? That was not... I mean, what did you want? Would you want them to clap for you, guy? <laughs> no one in the fandom is a bigger Trek fan than I am. I was skeptical uh. of Space 1999 myself when it first came on, fuming that it wasn't Trek instead. You know what's funny? But Nobody I, even knows what that is anymore. <laughs> the only reason I know is because Comet, the sci-fi B-movie station, plays yeah. it. That's all, I, the only reason I know. I've never, I've never seen it. I have it's, no idea. It got somebody sort of famous on it that I don't fucking remember. Is it Face from Battlestar Galactica and A-Team? He was in everything. No, it's not him. Sadly. Space 1999. It's fucking uh, the, the guy, the fucker. What's his name? Martin Landau. Oh, Martin Landau. Yeah. You know what's funny about that title? I lived in both of those things, Space and in 1999. Oh, yeah. Me too. Cool. Shit. <laughs> we're, we're, so, we're like not Trek bigots now. Awesome. No, we're free thinking uh, not bigots. I don't know what a <laughs> not bigot is. An unbigot. Unbigot. Because I gave the show a chance and I liked it for what it was doing. For itself. It had something to offer. My point is that Star Trek fans have always been open-minded and receptive to new ideas. Sure, space wasn't Trek, but it wasn't supposed to be. What happened to the IDIC concept we're all supposed to keep in mind? We oh. Trekkers owe Space 1999 a debt of gratitude for bringing science fiction to the attention of TV producers who don't know what's going on with their audiences. Shooting down the show and people at convention isn't right. All I want is for Space and Trek fans to treat each other with the respect that both shows deserve. Signed, Janice A. Carlson of Old Bridge, New Jersey. Janice A. Carlson is sounding like a YouTube comment. <laughs> 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 she was ahead of her time. The thing is, Janice, from 1978, um, <laughs> a lot of those people who were booing and hissing probably actually liked Space 1999. Yeah, they were just at a Star Trek convention, yeah, so you have to like have a team, right? Yeah, the reason they're booing and hissing is because it's a joke. It's like a fun little game. It's right. not because they hate the show. Right. Yeah, she was 
She was upset. She took it a little personally because yes. she herself likes space. So I fucking love space 1999. Y'all can kiss my ass. That's what she said when she stood up. I don't know if old people from I don't know if people from Old Bridge, New Jersey, say y'all, but you know. you kick my kiss my fucking ass. kiss my grits and everybody went boo. She was like, "Fuck you, fuck you." I hate like, grits. I like biscuits better. It was like Jerry Springer show, like "fuck you, boo." And fuck they're like you, booing, me. boo. Y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know me. me. <laughs> Space nineteen ninety nine is good. Y'all don't know me. Uh, she whipped out some IDIC. That's cool. Yeah. She she was really she was really heated about this. She like loved Space 1999. I and don't, the thing is that show sucks. That so. show is terrible. I have never seen it, but it looks awful. Uh, Here's the basic premise of Space 1999. Uh, they have a moon base on the moon, but they also dump all their fucking radioactive waste on the moon, and then it gets smart. ignited, and the moon flies through space. And they're lost on a they're on a moon uh, flying through space. Yeah, it sounds dumb. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No, yeah. First it's of not, all, it's not a bad show. Like the writing isn't bad. Like I watched one episode that was pretty Star Trekky, and yeah. a couple other ones that were okay. But like, the concept is so dumb. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like um. Uh, did you ever watch the Stargate Prometheus? Um, I think that's what no, I've only seen SG One and Atlantis. That's it's kind of similar to what you just said about Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, but it, they're on like a ship, and the ship like travels to different gateways. Like, and I think there's like the closer they get to like gateways, the gateway on the ship opens, and they go down and like explore the gateway on that planet or whatever. Oh, that yeah. sounds like I know that show. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like that premise, which is kind of a cool premise. So. That show, that show was on for like two two seconds. Does that show have a Commander Jack O'Neill on it? No, he's not in it anymore. Well, it's, I know uh, that, but like Atlantis has a knockoff of him. He's like a black haired version of him I that's a little younger. A, it might be a wom a woman. And the scientist guy is sort of like a Gaius Baltar from uh yeah. Battlestar. But not as interesting or not good. as evil. He's not as evil, yeah. I like how she said that they're bigots. That's a harsh. Trek I wouldn't say the bigots. I wouldn't call them bigots. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't think they're bigots. <laughs> I think owing your allegiance to a property over another, like this, is like the yeah, be all end all, and like fuck other dumb. things in that same genre is really stupid. So that's I agree dumb, with yeah. Janice there. Yeah, I agree with that, that too. But um, I think probably they were just probably just around. having a good time. Yeah. And uh, the last letter we have is from issue 7, August 1977, and it's an open-ended topic. Maybe you can riff on what you'd want to see on a Trek stamp. Uh, example, a <laughs> Example, a double-dicked Klingon peeing on a wall or an exocomp bravely mar- marching to his uh, death. I love exocomps. I have exocomp uh, pets in STO. Do you? Yeah, I have a, a bridge officer. Like, there's like a system of like sending your officers to do quests for you, and one of them's a exocomp. That's cool. Uh, the title <laughs> of this message to Starlog is Trek Commemorative, which doesn't nice. have the bite that Trek Bigots does, but still. Yeah, maybe Janet that's what we should to... do instead of Trek Boys from now on. Trek, Trek Bigots. <laughs> 
Uh, every year, the U.S. Postal Service puts out a number of various commemorative stamps as salutes to a myriad of people, places, and things. Why not recognize Star Trek with a commemorative stamp? Join us now and write to Postmaster General, U.S. Postal Service, Washington, D.C., 20260. Oh They're writing to the Postmaster General? This guy's going to be like, what are these Trek bigots sending me this shit for? <laughs> I'm, I'm a Space, space 1999. <laughs> Have they ever seen Space 1999? It's clearly better. Uh, this signed uh, Don Adkins of Moore, Oklahoma. I'm from less Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, so what would you put on a Star Trek commemorative stamp? I think that these people are like ahead of their time in a lot of ways. Like, Oh, yeah. I don't think in... I mean, in 1977, Star Trek was becoming popular again. Like, it was quiet for a while, and then people started bringing it back like these are the people who brought it back right yeah we um, wouldn't have star trek if it wasn't for don adkins of right ex- ex- exactly um and i think it's interesting that he is like she. thinking about she sorry don 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 yeah, oh, don oh sorry don don not don don okay yeah. uh <laughs> who needs don idiot uh <laughs> but like i don't think we're at like putting things on stamps yet right not in 77 cuz no. like Oh, the actually, maybe, because yet. the response is wonderful idea. Star Trek fans have proven they can accomplish almost anything when they launch a full effort. But what would Meantime, you put on short stamp? of an official government stamp, collectors will be interested in the new Star Trek stamp album and stamp packets advertised for the first time anywhere on page 69 of this issue. Yeah, That's but- the sex number. <laughs> <laughs> Not for Klingons. For Klingons, no. it's like 169. Which is 13 squared. There's some math for you. Oh, shit, Josh. You just blew my fucking mind right then. <laughs> I thought uh, you were just naming a random number. It turned out you're a fucking mathematician. I just memorized all the squares up to 15. It's 138. 69 times 2. <laughs> no, 13 times 2. No, 13, times thir- 13 times 13, sorry. 13 yeah, times Klingon 13. Klingon 69 is 69 times 2, which is 138. Well, we don't know if they have... All right, now we're talking about this. Uh, we don't, we don't know, know if the ladies have two vaginas. Yeah, we don't know that. if they have two vaginas. Do they have a redundant vagina? Have we seen a lady t- piss two streams against a wall? <laughs> <laughs> or have we seen a lady give birth to two babies at once? That would And they also both just come out one vagina. At the same... <laughs> wow. That's oh, wow. a fucking, like, sex ed class video that I'm going to be uh, skipping. Oh, no. I'm skipping that thing. I'm going to stay home. Um, I'm going to watch Space 1999 at home. That <laughs> put Martin Landau on a stain. <laughs> and call it, just put Star yeah, put Trek the, under Put the Star Trek logo in the background with Martin Landau. Uh, it's like it. that famous stamp that the plane is upside down. It'll be worth millions. Yeah. The Jenny, like, what, the why Jenny. is Martin Landau on this? Was he on a sci-fi show I've never heard of? <laughs> I love how their their character their their actor to carry this vehicle is Martin Landau. Yeah, his wife plays the chief medical officer as well, like his real wife. And she's wow, they also really his were wife they really the were stealing from Star Trek. That is exactly what happened in Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, Kirk's Roddenberry, real wife Bones. No, Roddenberry <laughs> wasn't in it, but his wife was the medical person. That's true. Way to go, Martin Landau! You fucking thief. I'm sorry, I'm being a real Trek bigger right now. I need Stop to calm down on this. Bi- Maybe that's what, what we call spacism from now on. Trek, Trek bigotism. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a Trek bigot. Yeah, you're being a Trek bigot. 
Spacism uh, and Trek What would bigotry. you put on a stamp in 1977? There's nothing worth stamp Spock. worthy. You put Spock on that shit. <laughs> would it be like a painting of him? Would it be like yeah. him on the show? It would be the Mona Lisa, but Spock. Alright, I'm into this. I would buy that. <laughs> And stamps in 1977 were like negative three cents. Yeah, they paid you to take them. Yeah, you got three cents for every stamp you wanted. Uh, I don't know when the first Star Trek stamp was. Let's see how close Dawn was. Star First Star Trek. I bet it was right... I'm gonna guess. Uh, after the first movie. I bet you they did some of this shit. Oh, shit. I don't know. That's actually a really hard thing to search for. Uh, first Star Trek stamp. Yeah, it's what I searched. Uh, it's um, not happening. I just sorry, I burped. Uh, oh god, yeah, there's because they've done so many of them now. Yeah, right? they at least yeah. in 2016 a new one yeah. even. 99, there was some. Holy shit! Yeah, there's tons. It now. might be 99, honestly. It could be. Which would That's be crazy. Like 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking nuts. Sorry, Don. Hopefully you live to see that. She had to wait 13 squared years for that shit to come out. She had to wait Klingon 69 years for that to come <laughs> Asterios, if you have any more of these that you'd like to send These us, are great. He sent us the archive, but I'd love for him to curate yeah, some Yeah, he should pick some, please. Yes, please. Because these are really great, so I trust your judgment in picking yeah. more of them. These are fun. And he finishes, if you like this idea, I'll send more. I'm on my lunch right, na- lunch right now, so I gotta bail. Peace and thanks for the laughs. Lunch? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Who eats lunch? Glenside. <laughs> 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 thanks for the email, Asterius. That was really fucking fun, so I great. appreciate it. Uh, our next email is from Captain V. What? v <laughs> Vigers sent us an email. It's entitled, Maybe the True DS9s Were the Friends We Made Along the Way. Oh my god. Dearest Trek dudes, ignoring the more obvious a black captain, not in my Star Trek, Mm -hmm. could the reason they don't promote Cisco to captain be because of him being at Wolf 35911 and it's because of PTSD (laughs) and survivor's guilt? And they're afraid he might lose his mind overhearing weapons go off? (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wouldn't give him a, in like space. It's yeah, like in universe, the reason why he's a commander yeah. is because he's he's the head of a um, starbase. Yeah, Com- commanders are in, are like in operational charge of starbases. Captains yeah. are not. Captains are in charge of ships. That's yes. like you have to be a, have a ship to be a captain. That's ships why he are, becomes a captain yeah. after he gets the uh, defiant. Ships are more uh, powerful than star bases in terms of like they require a lot more responsibility because you can mm-hmm. just fly up to a planet and like destroy it <laughs> if you really went crazy, right? Man, so, you'd have to be playing a fucking long con on that one to go yeah. through all the training, go through every rank to get the captain and be like, commander and be like, blow that fucking planet up. I wow. hate Bajor. Blow it up. Wait till we get to some Eddington shit. He does it. That's true. That's true. He does it. He's a butthole. Also, how does Josh feel about Tom Paris being a captain in Star Trek Online? Apparently, I don't get to have an opinion about this. Uh, it's fine. I, I, I enjoy all of those stories. I don't have a problem with any of those. I think it's fun. You get to do like a, a cool fly-through asteroids mission with them. 
Like, but does he deserve to be captain? Um, I don't think he was going to be in the game if they didn't make him captain. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense that he is. I mean, this is like later. Like, it's fine that he is. I, I don't mean, care. Janeway just goes straight to fucking like admiral. Yeah, like, she gets like. Super I guess promoted. everybody gets promoted. Yeah, yeah she Kim. gets like Kim's probably still promoted. an ensign. Uh, yeah, Captain. I mean, I don't even mind Harry Kim being the captain. He's fine. he's a captain. Way to go! Yeah. And he like his character's better than Paris's is in the game. Like he's more interesting. Well, that's to, awesome to be around. Paris is a little. Uh, I mean, like his daughter is like a part of a lot of missions. Like the Klingons steal her because she's like some sort of Klingon uh, like savior in their prophecy or something uh, which I think is in the show I think they talk about that in the show oh yeah she's like one third Klingon yeah it's something they. I think they god I might be butchering this I don't case. guess Klingons are into blood purity that would make them like a different type of villain I think yeah no they don't really care about that uh, it's all has to do with like like the sun <laughs> they're like superstitious right they're like oh yeah. the, these stars were aligned and this is why you know it's something like that it's fine i, I think it's i i always enjoy it. it he's only there for like a little bit like you don't you don't spend a lot of time with him that's good <laughs> as little Which, time as possible with yeah. tom paris right yeah uh he finishes out the email by saying live long and go fuck yourself Captain V, totally not a random tactical officer somewhere of the USS, totally not a dumpster with nacelles glued to it. <laughs> wow. That sounds safe. We, we learned a lot about Captain V just then. <laughs> Captain V'ger. Um, our next email is from Lieutenant Joe. And what do you know, Lieutenant Joe? Oh, God. It's entitled Long Time No Sea Mail. <laughs> Oh my god. Dear Trek Boys. Trek Boys. Trek Biggins. Trek I haven't written to you guys in a long time, so I figured it was time to throw my metaphorical hat back into the hypothetical ring. Wow. I'd like to ask you two what you think about Quentin Tarantino making a Star Trek movie. Is he still doing that? I don't He's, think he is. I have been seeing articles about him still not being 100% committed as of this writing, and the idea is still very strange to me. Um... I, I I don't like that's one of those things where it, to me it feels like when they announced that uh, Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker and everyone was like what like I remember being like why <laughs> and then it was it great like, it would be like if when they announced Heath Ledger was the Joker and everybody was like why like that but then he did an interview where he was like yeah it's going to be just like my romantic lead characters I'm going to bring all my romance right. from my movies to it right yeah Quentin Tarantino is like this is going to be a hard R Star Trek yeah, with a lot of a, cursing that's in a, it that's a good point yeah uh, I it, it would either be very good or very terrible I don't think there would be a, any other way like can, somehow he would do that. it. What's that? I can agree with that for sure. Yeah, like yeah. if he's if he's like a really big Star Trek fan, I could see right. him like pulling like a uh, shit. What's his name? Um, fuck the Family Guy. Uh, Seth uh, McFarlane. Seth McFarlane. I could see him pulling a Seth McFarlane. Yeah. One. He just comes out of the gate with like a really fucking yeah. loving deep Star Trek yes. story. I I but or but if it doesn't land, it could be one of the stupidest things of all time. If he's just doing it because it's like 
matching a director up with a story and he doesn't really have a passion for it, he just wants to make one of his own movies, Yeah. then that's a horrible match. It's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I hope he doesn't do it just because I don't really care. I think he's got other shit he wants to do. Or maybe he doesn't. Who even knows what that guy wants, right? Like, he's Yeah, that's true. He wants feet. I know that. (laughs) Well, besides feet. Uh, he's he did a movie. There's a movie coming out by him. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, it's about like Sharon Tate and like fucking Manson and shit, which is like. Yeah, the advertisements are not making it seem like that. <laughs> yeah, well, the end of the, the the end of the trailer is like I'm Sharon Tate, and then and you're like, wait, what? Wait you're a like, second. What, what is going to happen in this fucking movie? But maybe it's one of his alternate timelines, like. Maybe Manson, maybe, like, a bunch of dudes go kill Manson, right? Like, who knows? I mean, he, like, uh, they have a dude in it playing Bruce Lee who is doing the best Bruce Lee impression I've ever seen in my life. It almost looks like they, like, put Bruce Lee over the guy. Yeah. I mean, they may have actually done that. They may have done that, You only see quick shots of it, but it's really cool. Yeah, because Bruce Lee is great. Probably not Star Trek, though, right? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say that he would do a good job, but I I don't know. I've uh, been wrong sometimes, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, he continues, I love Tarantino movies and I've always thought of him as a great director and writer, but the possibility of him doing Trek just seems like a bad match to me. Yeah. His films, while amazingly written and full of great action and tension, never seem to have the one thing I want most out of Trek, and that's great themes. Mm-hmm. He always seems to focus on how film can tell you a story in its own way rather than on storytelling itself as a means of conveying universal themes. That's a great point. That's true, actually. Tarantino Uh, tells Tarantino stories, which a lot of times are just what any... Buddy, else they're more like a novel, like like a like a like an old Russian novel where you're just reading all these like things. But he's a master at it, so you're like enthralled by people just talking to each other. And may- but maybe that would work in Star Trek. Like I don't know. Ah oh, man, now I'm thinking maybe it would work. It right? depends like, on how he like bends his energy, right? Like, right. If- if the movie starts out Reservoir Dog style, where like they're sitting around a table just like cursing about modern that pop would be culture, stupid. that would be shit. That would be dumb. Yeah. But if it's if he uses that type of energy of like real characters having real conversations and like filters it through a Star Trek a Star Trek lens, filter, yeah, that would be that might be great. It might be amazing. But I agree that I don't think it on paper it doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look like it would work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he says this is fine and even good for some movies, but for Trek, I can't really say. Yeah. At most, I think he would make a really fun Voyage Home type movie, although the R rating makes that also seem a bit far-fetched. Long story short, I don't want Into Darkness 2, Advanced Darkness. (laughs) Thank you. Peace and long life, Lieutenant Joe of the USS Thermopylae. Lieutenant Joe, if you haven't, uh, go watch... Uh, bad times at the El Royale. It's a very Tarantino-y movie in a in a good way. Like uh, I don't know who does it. I guess I could look it up. Uh, you have the wealth of human knowledge. I'm doing it right now. Drew also, Goddard directed it and he wrote it. And Drew Goddard, I don't know what else he did. Uh, also, live long and prosper since he did Peace and Long Life. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, I think like I think we're all on the same exact page, which is yeah. we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would either be great or it would be bad. I think I don't think there'd be any other 
two ways it could be. Like, Here, here's a, a modern right now zeitgeist type question for you. Oh, that means space ghost. Like I don't. <laughs> what? Actually, it means time ghost. Um, I don't think you're like you're not like a big Batman guy, right? Not like a huge Batman guy, but I I love the animated series. Yeah, I love the animated series as well. It's very much where my Batman fandom is. Yeah, that's where I'd started. And for like me, yeah. the I like a lot of the movies as well, but like. Yeah. You know that um, Robert Pattinson has been yes. cast as the new Batman. What do you think about that? I, again, like, I feel like it's like that Heath Ledger shit where, like, I, I remember when Heath Ledger was the Joker and people were like, what the fuck? And, like, it could be great, but I, I, don't, I don't have any reason to think that... It won't be great, but I also don't have any reason to think it will be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't know. I just don't fucking know. For me, when it comes to the casting, it's like, I wasn't really sure what everybody was so up in arms about. Because yeah. it's like, uh, a like a pale, square-jawed, brooding white guy is cast as Bruce Wayne. That's <laughs> right. wild. Like, that's Crazy. Never before. They're going to dye his hair dark? <laughs> wow. What's going to... Yeah, right? Like... That's I don't crazy. Have anything, I, I mean, I think the the problem, quote unquote, the made up problem that people are making up is that he was in Twilight, and Twilight sucks. So they're like, yeah. "Oh, the kid from Twilight's gonna be Batman." Really, the only thing I know about him besides that he was in Twilight is that he hates Twilight. Yeah, he like, dude. <laughs> when you watch those movies, you're like, "This guy fucking hates this." Like, like everyone, every interview dude. about the movies, they're like, "Oh, what's your motivation in this?" And you, he's like, "Oh, I really wanted to get paid. I liked being <laughs> in seven movies where they gave me lots of money." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know shit about the dude. I've never seen him in anything. Like, I've not watched the Twilight movies even to know what he's like in that. And maybe I that's s- the difference between me and people that are, like, upset about it. Maybe they know... I mean, you can't... I would say to not judge him off of those, because, like, nothing in those movies is good. Like, literally, there's no... Re- the actors are bad, because the story is horrible, right? Like, uh, he's in that 9-11 movie... <laughs> uh, it's it's like not a 9/11 movie but at the end it is. I Wolf, forget the name Wolf of it. Wolf 35911. Wolf 35911, <laughs> the PTSD story, how I became in charge of this space station. Uh, how I learned to let go of my <laughs> wife and <laughs> learn to love the station. <laughs> um yeah. fucking uh like I don't know. It just reminds me of like I've been seeing a lot of people post this these old like fandom newsletters and stuff where they they had like 8,000 signatures to stop Michael Keaton from being Batman yeah, because he was yeah. a comedy actor. Right, because it's Michael Keaton, right? The thing like, is, actors can do other things. They're acting. Most comedy actors can transition the other way because drama, like, to be honest with you, drama's not that hard <laughs> to do. Like, you can act well, sad. Like, it's not hard like to be There's a great quote from... Red Letter Media, I think it's one of the best of the worst episodes with one of the movies with Robert Ginty in them. Yeah. And they say, all you have to do is take a shot of his stupid fucking expressionless face, because he can't act, (laughs) and then do a shot of the dead body, and then cut back to his fucking face and play sad music. Right. We as the audience know that this is sad, regardless of what he can't convey. Right. Right. Drama's, like, way easier than 
comedy. Being funny is hard. Yeah, That's I think the comedy hard is honestly like one of the hardest it's things so in the world. It's so hard. Like it's so hard. That's why comedians are fucking insane and miserable. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, so hard. For Josh and I right now doing this podcast, there's like an energy we're sending back and forth to each other. Like, mm-hmm. we're setting each other up, we're knocking the jokes down. Sexual energy. It's, well, there's that too, but that's not what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, oh, I thought you were mainly, I would, well, okay. That's that's for later, baby. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> there, there's like a comedic repertoire that's happening that like, like a stand-up comedian does not have. They're sitting right. alone in front of a screen that's blank and they have to make comedy come out. And that, like, I've yeah. done that. That's crazy. And that's fucking horrible. It's it's terrifying. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, and even being funny in a movie, the conditions have to be right. Like you have to be around funny people. That's why like comedy movies cast a bunch of funny people because they hope they're gonna capture some sort of chemistry. Because that's all comedy really is is like a chemistry thing. Drama, you can. I mean, God, like, like who are some I mean, dramatic like there, fucking George Clooney. There's a chemistry that needs to be involved sure, with absolutely. like romance and that type absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. Like drama probably not so much, but like yeah. r- romance and like partnership and character like characters in general have to have some sort of uh yes. like connection repertoire like, right. connection like right. I always point out um what's the name of the movie with Eddie Murphy and fucking Trading um, Places. No, I love that movie, but um, uh, Nick Nolte. Uh, 48 Hours. 48 Hours. They have no fucking chemistry yeah. in that movie. Yes, and that movie's not good. But then and you go watch Beverly, Hill, Beverly Hills and uh, Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop. Yeah, one of my and, favorite fucking movies. I love and, that like, movie. It's so fucking funny because those guys are all playing their characters against each other yeah. so well. Like when he's around, like Judge Reinhold is playing like a spaz. And yeah. when he's around... Axel Foley, like Eddie Murphy, like they work absolutely right. perfectly as a comedy duo. It's a it's a great duo, yeah. And the old guy is just the old straight man, and it works perfectly. Yeah. The old curmudgeonly straight man, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Beverly Hills Cop is fucking amazing. I love that movie. Of course, of course, you like it because I love it. Well, that's like somebody asked me like what I would cross over with RoboCop if I had a choice. <laughs> Beverly and I Hills would be Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. We- <laughs> Perfection, Mwah. dude. I love when he goes into uh, uh, what's his name, Gilbert Godfrey's office, and he's like talking about the tickets and shit. Yeah. And Gilbert Godfrey's like, "What if I had something in this hand, and then it made these go?" Oh, you were like, "What? There was something over here." <laughs> I love, uh, dude. I love it. I fucking love the part where, like, he's in the back of the truck, and they open it up, and he's like, you guys don't have enough crates up in here. Oh, dude, yeah, when he's in the, tr- the cigarette truck yeah, or whatever. He's like, yeah. you guys are moving cigarettes across this place. I can't be having that. There's not enough in... Like, he's trying yeah, he, to, like, talk dude, fast enough that they're just confused. He he's was spitting nonsense. Uh, that's all him just, like, improv. <laughs> like, dude, that dude was crazy funny like He's that dude really so i wonder funny. what the fuck happened to him i think he just got so rich he just lost like he just didn't want to yeah. do it anymore he was just like i don't care anymore that's the we call that the uh fucking billy madison syndrome yeah yeah just don't have to try so fuck it <laughs> right? yeah, th- thanks for that email lieutenant joe yeah that was a good one we got off topic there for a second that but... never happens ever <laughs> it sounded much meaner than i wanted to uh oh! Our next email is from uh, Henry Torbert. T 
Torbert, and it, it is entitled All By Myself. Oh, he's going to jerk off to this. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what? What? Anyway, uh, Dear Ensign Pennington and Ensign Henderson. Sup? Oh, yeah, we're in the we're in the fiction. Okay. Oh, right, that's us, uh, yes. In our last apparently time-distorted communication, Ensign Pennington assured me that the correct course of action was to create a de-replicator. <laughs> I have elected not to take this course of action, as it too closely resembled what Americans <laughs> of the 21st century might have called a gun. <laughs> what, are you a bitch? <laughs> As these had a conspicuous lack of a stun setting, I decided to press my luck with the old uh, Vulcan neck pinch and managed to disable the force field emitters. With a neck pinch? Wow. What? Jesus. This dude's strong as hell. That's crazy. Where's the neck on a force field emitter? That's the trick. Where is the neck on it? (laughs) However, once I got out, I found the entire entire starbase deserted. It It was covered in ice cream? Oh my god, we oh. had a similar situation like that. <laughs> yeah, we deserted our cargo bay. It was delicious. Oh man. We put dessert in it. Ice cream. It's all gone now, thanks to fucking Drag. I'm sorry. Oh god, he's here. I'm leaving now. Bye. Bye, Drag. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Captain Drag. Oh, what's the fuck? Oh, jeez. The pawn's here. What the fuck? It's like a fucking... It's like a clip episode. <laughs> Shit. Hey, remember that time that Tapon said that wise thing? Let's all think. Live long and prosper. That was a great time. <laughs> I remember that. Anyway. Uh, uh, it seems, according to its sensor logs, that Starfleet has reassigned all its personnel to various duties dealing with the destruction of Romulus which you two seem to really gloss over in your last response, but I'll let that slide. Eh, uh, Who gives a fuck about Romulus? I don't know anybody there. <laughs> I don't know them people. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, the comm dish is stuck pointed at your time distortion. What? It, we got a time distortion? Is that a double entendre? Are you talking about my butthole? That's, that's my favorite time distortion, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, since I'm looking at six months at impulse power to reach an inhabited system, I was wondering. I've noticed a lot of historical parallels in the old hollow recordings I've watched. Hmm. For instance, much of Deep Space Nine's Cardassian occupation is a direct parallel to the Second World War and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. The drumhead, as Ensign Cole mentioned, is a look back at McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. The Romulans' unwillingness to fire the first shot is very Roman-like. Yep. And one might say the end of DS9's recordings are Cardassia being forced to rebuild and change after devastating atrocities. Yep. Like, say, both major Axis powers. Yep. Also my the question is, My question is, what historical period or event would you like to see used as inspiration for other recordings in the future? All the best, Chief Petty Officer Henry Torbert, Commander Starbase Tchaikovsky, formerly Starbase 54. Good thing they named it something interesting. Starbase 54 sucks. Starbase 54 is like... Like Car 54? <laughs> it was like Studio 54. Oh, it was, it was like a disco Starbase. Star wow, cocaine? Catch yeah. yourself white? Shit. Dude, the, the white flows from that place in both ways, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, God. <laughs> so what historical period or event would you like to see as inspiration for other recordings in the future? I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I want to say one I wouldn't like to see, and that's this one. Because I'm living through it, and it's terrible. 
I don't know. Having like your sci-fi be parallel to the world you're living in now is always good in my Give me a couple of years. <laughs> Give me like a month. Just go to the Gold Ducat Twitter. That's just the Star uh, Trek. That's just, yeah, right. This. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I gotta tell you, what I would really love to see is like the the War of Troy, like Helen of Troy and everything. Yeah, not Deanna Troy. Not Deanna Troy. Yeah. Like honestly, no. I think I, the Odyssey would make a great Star Trek thing, but that's not like a, fi- a historical. It's period. kind of Voyager, but not. But also Voyager is bad, yeah. so that's redo like, it's it. It's not a historical period. No, I'll tell fine. you what. That's- that's fine. I think. It, I mean, the the Troy story is real. They, it's a real that that's a real place. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would love like the War of Troy to be. Yeah. That'd be great. I would love that. I I was thinking I'm gonna get a little Ensign Kevin. I'm gonna I'm gonna channel some Ensign Kevin here. Bring it on. And you said Studio Fifty Four. I want us to see a slice of life Star Trek. Oh, show. So Ensign Kevin. So Ensign Kevin, right? <laughs> On Riza, and it's just like a fuck fest. <laughs> That's called pornography, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'll tell you what, go to www.xvideos.com. Hold on, hold on, hold on. what is it? www.xvideos.com. Oh, it comes up already. Weird. I, I, how weird did it, it come up how already? Did it's it, on no. our program. How did and it know? Every I, video in that is set on Ryza. They all, it's all Ryza. Well, then there's, we're done. Uh, no, I don't, God, I don't know historically, like, which, like, periods of history do I like a lot? And how, like, it's a big question, because how would it relate? How would it translate, right? Like, like World War II works because there were planes yeah. and technology, right? Like, so you could just retrofit those into Star Trek, like, Planes are now ships and whatever. Guns See, are guns. I was guns. thinking a really good way to tackle this is, like, I was just sitting thinking, like, a samurai period would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, the feudal states period. Yeah. And then I realized the perfect way to tackle that is have a planet that's very feudal states period. Right. And have technology, like, accidentally fall into their hands that's the equivalent right. of, like, you use it as the equivalent of the guns that Westerners brought right. over to Japan that changed the face of the country. Yeah. You could use, like, a really great metaphor that way. Yeah, and it could be, like, a... Uh, a prime directive problem. Maybe it's like hundreds oh, of yeah. years later, though. But they're still like, well, like, like Starfleet shows up and they're like, you guys shouldn't have this stuff. Like, but now you do. So how do we deal with like, that? Fucking right? Wesley Crusher like farts out a window by accident and like fucking <laughs> he trips over his own shit that fell out of his ass and like, like a how... bunch of phasers fall out the window and land <laughs> in their hands. Oh, guns! We have guns now. <laughs> Kind of shooting phasers yeah. in the air. Uh, like, like dude, a, this a, is tough. I'd love an outlaw planet, like the Federation find a planet, like a like a star base or something that they yeah. didn't know existed. Yeah, it's kind of like and Paradise City or whatever. Yeah, but like better, that, like but Wild West. That. Yeah, like a Wild West of like pirates and smugglers. Because I mean, you meet a space pirate in TNG, and you meet. And, like, Cassidy, I, I can't really fucking spoil that, but there's a smuggler <laughs> in DS9. I think that one's okay. I think that's okay. Well. There, there's a smuggler in DS9, and, like, yeah. there's definitely, like, 
And of course, there's like the Orion Syndicate, and yeah, what where do. like so what's definitely going on there. like a seedy underbelly of space. Yeah, you get a little can... bit of it with that O'Brien episode, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's much more like mobster. Like all right, all right, I got one, I got one, I got one. Oh yeah, and I think you'll love it. This is my ode to Jeff. I would love a um, like a Starfleet intelligence show. Oh yeah. But it's a noir, and it deals with all that stuff. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, I'd love it. Like, they wear, like, futury noir clothes and hats and shit. Like, that would be awesome. Like, like Maybe that's just, like, the style on the planet. Yeah, it's like, like, very, like, neo-noir. Yes, like, a like Looper. Like, like noir. Like, Looper, how they wear those suits, but they're in the future. Like, that would be cool. But they're Starfleet Intelligence, and there's, like... You know, like a, a a a woman and a guy you could team them up. They're partners or whatever, or maybe one of them's an alien or something. Like a, who knows? Like an Andorian or some shit. And oh, then that, they, that would be great. Like an Andorian. Like he's just constantly like high, like holding back his anger. Yeah, because he's, stuff he's a noir guy. Yeah, like he's real grizzled because he's an Andorian, right? Yeah, like they're just and angry. Like maybe like the lady was sent from Starfleet intelligence to like team up with him because yeah. like he's this close to being discharged right it's also like an x-files it's the fucking x-files yeah yeah that'd be awesome perfect dude that's like the perfect show for me you already got it there you go (laughs) but like it would be great if like starfleet had like i guess it's like ds90 in a way if like starfleet has a presence on this world that's like owned by the orion syndicate and this is like the first time Starfleet has been allowed into this world. Yeah, because I always thought that the syndicates were, like, you have to, not so much, like, around Klingons, because they don't really care so much about crime, but, like, unless you're fucking the Klingons over. But in the Federation, like, it's so hard to get away with crimes, right? Like, everything's so not criminally there. Yeah, well, there's there's (laughs) definitely, like... It's implied in the O'Brien episode that, like, the Federation knows about the Orion Syndicate's doings, but, like, it's so entrenched in the societies that there's nothing they can really do about it. It's like the mob. It's exactly like the mob. Like, that's why people don't do anything about the mob, because they're like, well, how are we going to do this? Like, it's so pervasive, right? There's there's a story by Raymond Chandler, and, um... Chandler Bong? No, Raymond Chandler like is like one of the godfathers of noir. Yeah, yeah. And detective storytelling, but there's this story where this unnamed operative for a detective company is sent into a corrupt town mm-hmm. where the mayor is in the mob's pocket and everything and he basically turns everyone against each other. Right. In order to create this like unsustainable situation like where they all end up killing each it's other. It's like Yojimbo, yeah. That kind of how it works. Yeah, that's I awesome. I would love for the Federation to basically like send someone in to clean the place up, right? Like, and the only way spill. he can is to create yeah. these connections and stuff between peoples, right? To like create an unsustainable situation. That'd be great. Let's that go would in be there. another Starfleet so intelligence chaos. series. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> People would dig that too because it would be like a seedy dark show. Right, you'd, you'd still have like the cool like Starfleet level of things where like you have the real like Starfleet hero at the center of it. Yeah, you could have both of them if there's two of them, or if there's one like 
that's the struggle like of being undercover and it's it's double that because now you're a starfleet operative and like the federation does not do this stuff right like they yeah. don't go and do this stuff so well, that, how do that they was deal my favorite it? part about the story is that like everybody already knows this guy's a detective right and so they they like don't trust him but they don't trust each other more right so they start to slowly believe the lies he's feeding them it's so that sounds awesome. so like i think like a guy the guy or girl who's the starfleet officer gets like invited by the orion syndicate like they invite mm. starfleet to open like a small like office right on their planet or on their space station it's like you know, if you allow us to go through this quadrant or whatever, we'll allow you to have like a, a station here. They turn to monitor informant. to make sure we're not. They turn informant. That's exactly what they're doing, right? They're like, yeah. uh, "Hey, we'll talk to you, but like, who's playing who?" Oh, it's so good. I would love that. It's that would so be good. a great show. Oh God, it was, and you shoot it like muted. Like, oh yeah, it's all like oh, not black and white, but every it's like very not bright. It's like right? a sepia tone type. Yeah, of yeah, kind of like a, a Saving Private Ryan, or but yeah. not as sepia, a little more gray. I would say ah, oh, that'd be great. I love this show. Let's make it. Let's make this show starring me <laughs> as every character. <laughs> well, we don't have any money, so yep. Jeff Pennington as every character. <laughs> Jeff's name. <laughs> Jeff and so, a wig. Our li- I'll play the female characters, too. I'm yeah. very pretty. I, our, I, um, yeah. our last email of the night, who do you think it's from, Josh? I know, because he told me on the Discord today. Okay. Rich Masters. It is. The master of the written word, Rich Masters. <laughs> That's why they named him that. And for some reason, he entitled the email Josh. It's Fizzy Drinks, Okay. Oh, we were talking... So, this is what you get when you sign up for the Discord. You can talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And Josh shows up every now and then. He's pretty. He's he's a good talking to guy. So, today I... Because uh, Rich is from uh, England. Yeah, Ingleland. Ingleland, I think is pronounced. And uh, they were talking about soda, but they were calling it pop, which is weird. Which is probably what you call it, right? Uh, people in West Virginia call it that, but I call it soda. So, okay, good. You're normal. Okay. Uh, and then in England, I was like, what do you guys call it? Fizzy lifting drink? And like, <laughs> like I'm making a joke that I thought was really funny because of, uh, fucking that movie and, uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Track Baby. And then he was like, no, it's just fizzy. And I was like, wait, this is fucking real. <laughs> well, that's like, I always make fun of the England, like people from England and the yeah. discord. I like, I'm like, you guys don't have guns over there. You have Rudy Tooty point shooty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I was like kidding. And then he was like, yeah, the, uh, the soda aisle is called the fizzy drinks aisle in the supermarket. And I was like, you guys are fucking ridiculous. No that's wonder you lost absolute. your empire. <laughs> oh, damn, that's cold. Fucking um, fizzy drink aisle. Get fucking real. We should definitely get into this, because this dude has written War and Peace. So, um... <laughs> Uh, I appreciate it, though. I do love it. But uh, we are about at the hour mark here, so if you don't want to hear the coolest fucking thing ever, you can turn it off, I guess. But if you want to be you... the, like a fucking cool dude, you can listen and have a great time. Yeah, don't be a not a cool dude. Uh, specifically, don't send Rich an email asking him not to send these in, you fucking idiot. Who fucking Why would did you... that? Some fucker using a burner email did it. 
Who Howard. was it? I'll find out. <laughs> Once Josh finds out, you're dead. You're that's fucking what the, dead. That's what the first episode of the Noir is going to be about. Who wrote this email? <laughs> there I was, looking at my porn, when an email popped up. <laughs> we better get into this shit. Uh, <laughs> beloved boys of Trek, most pleasant of evenings to you. <laughs> God, so British. Okay, so I'll admit I was just going to let Hawk float away without getting him any sort of an episode. But yes. on reading some of the write-ups of some of the Hawk-centric Star Trek articles on Memory Beta, they can't even agree on a first name for him, Neil or Sean. Is his real name Neil? I think the actor's name is Neil. Oh, I don't remember the actor's name. Fuck, he's in every... He's in, God damn, he's in he's, Band of he's Brothers. He's 90s man, for sure. He's a great actor. Uh, yeah. Here's some horror for you, though. Apparently, one story states that he he floated off into space, he ranged too far from the collective, and regained his individuality only to die alone. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, his real name's Neil McDonough. So Uh, so I would say his name is probably Sean Hawk, then. They're just trying to make him Irish. So, with this sadness in mind, I felt compelled to write him an episode. I hope he doesn't really die like that. God, that's true horror. It's like Space Odyssey, but like a nightmare. Even more than it is in that song. <laughs> uh, Star Trek TNG Season 8, Episode 21. Has he sent 21 of these emails? I, I am assuming. Jesus. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that many. I guess because I like him so much. Yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Hawk is sitting in ten forward eating breakfast while Guinan and Troy watch him from the bar. Troy asks her friend if he always does this. He's in here every morning at 5 a.m., Guinan confirms. He runs five miles, he comes in and has a black coffee and scrambled eggs, and every morning he sits alone. This dude's boring as shit. (laughs) Obviously disturbed, Troy asks if Guinan has has ever seen him eat or drink or even have a conversation with anyone. Make it. At Troy's question, Guinan smiles and says that she doesn't have to be a mind reader to know that Troy is disturbed by that. <laughs> Deanna confirms it. He's been on the ship for nearly a year now. Everyone else on the ship has friends. Why not Hawk? Because he's fucking boring. Because he runs five miles. You know how long it takes to run five miles? Let's say you run eight-minute miles, eight times five, uh, 32 minutes. <laughs> Wait. Wait, what is eight times five? 40 minutes. Well, that was... uh, Anyway, Guinan tells her if she wants to change that, she could go and join him. And with a nod, she does. She sits down to an uncomfortable-looking hawk who asks if she's here in some professional capacity. When the counselor says she just wanted to share breakfast with him, he asks her why. Troy changes the subject and asks what he did before he was on the Enterprise E. He lists a few commissions, then says that before that, he served on Setlick 3. Oh, no! The admission sparks a flash of memory in Hawk of a lieutenant dead in his arms. Troy what? is abashed and says that she knew another man who served on set like three. Who was also Hawk. weirdly Irish. <laughs> He's not weirdly Irish. She's just Irish. He's like an Irish clown. I guess that's all Irish people. It's okay. I can say it. <laughs> we are both Irish. It's fine. Our people are a joke. We are also both clowns, so it's fine. (laughs) Was that the clown theme? Yeah, from The Simpsons. Oh. Um, 
Hulk knows the chief, uh, says he didn't care much for him and his battle songs. What? Luckily for them both, Riker calls Hulk to Holodeck 2 immediately. Hulk excuses himself, leaving Troy to shrug her shoulders at Guinan. Uh, I love that. sucks. <laughs> he does now, but maybe we'll get to know him. I doubt it. How will this great story that Rich read make me like this idiot? I doubt it. <laughs> Damn. At the holodeck, Riker is waiting angrily outside alongside Captain Picard, who seems amused by his first officer's frustration. <laughs> Will, best friend of Rich Masters, admits he doesn't want to have to go through another <laughs> Barkley episode, especially with someone who got a, commo- a promotion on his referral. Hmm. Jean Luc tells him not to worry. His other Rich Master's other best friend, Jean Luc. <laughs> He's sure there's a reasonable explanation for this. There better be, replies Riker. Damn, dude. Hawk arrives, and the commander points to a control panel and demands to know what the hell Hawk is playing at. The three men enter the holodeck to find an exact replica of the USS Enterprise E. What? Like a model? Uh, nah, like a holodeck simulation. I mean, yes, I, I know that. <laughs> but like a model size of it? <laughs> <laughs> Including the main crew. <laughs> Lieutenant Hogg doesn't see the problem. It's a training program designed to randomly select one member as a villainous shapeshifter posing as a crewmate in order to see how quickly they could capture him. Oh, I get it. Hawk's insane. <laughs> Will says he isn't completely comfortable with the IT idea of interrogating his own friends, even holograms. But Hawk says he knows the program might be controversial and could encode it so that only the bridge crew can access it. Mm. The this dude's a doomsday prepper. <laughs> Hawk is hiding fucking jars of scrambled eggs and black coffee in his room, along with his own <laughs> urine and feces. Better save this uh, urine, you never know. <laughs> what are you keeping the feces for? I don't know. You never know. This discussion is cut short as the ship is violently rocked by phaser fire, nearly knocking the men off their feet. Red alert sounds and Riker and Picard rush to the bridge, ordering Hawk to secure the program. Unbeknownst to Hawk, the panel glitches and blinks, and the safety protocols are completely disengaged. Oh, we're gonna get a holodeck episode! (laughs) Title, Antonym. That means, uh, an ant poem. (laughs) Dude, I'd love to read an ant poem, but I guess I'd have to get, like, a magnifying glass. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was just going to say that. Damn. Two Cardassian warships are attacking the Enterprise, and the ship is down to 30% fire. The captain orders fire concentrated on the lead ship and suggests they focus on the ventral ports, as the older warships were weaker there. Yeah, blow it up. After the ships are both disabled, fan-favorite recurring Cardassian, Gull Evek. Don't remember him? Don't worry. Neither did I. I had to Google him. (laughs) Uh, Is that the Ducat with the handlebar mustache? I hope so. I'd love for that actor to come back. Devek? I don't even... Gull Evek. 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 Hails the Enterprise and Uh, offers a begrudging surrender. Yeah, he's a dickhole. The captain takes it and asks Riker to send a communique to the USS Malinche. Malinche? I think it's Malinche. Malinche. The USS Malinche to back them up. Riker hits a button on a panel and torpedoes fire towards the ships, destroying them both. Dude. Oh no, not fan favorite recurring Cardassian <laughs> Gullivec. <laughs> Bye, fan favorite recurring Cardassian Gullivec. Picard demands to know who fired the torpedoes, and no one can pinpoint the problem, until Geordi asks why command functions have been rerouted away from the bridge. Oh. My. God. 
It's oh my god. The bridge crew on the holodeck. Holy fuck, and they're all shapeshifters. No. <laughs> In engineering, Data and Jordy diagnosed the problem. The computer somehow mistook the holodeck Enterprise for the real one and temporarily transferred allowed the hollow crew to take over. Oh my god, this is They can't good. turn the program off, and it's worse. Emergency bulkheads were lowered all over the ship, meaning that the only people who can get into the holodecks and, and fix it are people on that deck. Uh, this is great. I love when they're stuck in the ship like this. It's it's like a... So good. It's like my favorite Star Trek movie that isn't a Star Trek movie, The Hunt for Red October. That's pretty much Star Trek. It's, it's like Star basic, Trek Underwater. It's a basically a Star Trek movie. Like, it is. <laughs> Uh, Picard orders Lieutenant Hawk, the only bridge crew officer on the deck, to find out what's going on in the holodeck and try to retain control. I'm in here, sir, jerking off. I'll get back to you in three to five minutes. <laughs> three to five? He types in www.xnx. <laughs> Hawk insists he can do it alone, but Picard tells him it's too dangerous and he'll need at least another security officer running point and an engineer, preferably someone with holodeck experience. Hmm. Luckily, there's one on this deck. Reginald Barkley doesn't want to go on the holodeck. No. He's been clean and sober for a good nine months now. We, Fucking Barkley's we here! We thought he was just a joke set up, and then he comes into the fray! Barkley is my favorite, and I'm psyched he's here. Oh my god. The situation isn't helped by the fact that Hawk doesn't want or need anyone to look after. He tells Reg not to be scared, that he is someone on an earpiece running point, a security officer called Callie Breton. Hmm. Reg says he doesn't know her, but Hawk explains she came aboard the same time as he did. In engineering, Geordi has managed to secure fragments of footage from the hologram hologrammatic crew, and the holograms think they're the real deal. Damn. Callie instructs Hawk to change their phasers to high band frequency to disrupt photons. Oh, this smart. Is, this is so smart. Because, like, oh, Rich, this is really good. Because, like, it makes their outside consequences for the holodeck, which there usually never are, right? Usually someone's just stuck in there, but, like, the crew yeah. of the on the holodeck think they're real, so they're going to do real things outside. It's great. Good work. You don't, you don't normally get that shit unless yeah. it's uh, enemies of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, this is Moriarty thinking he's outside of the holodeck. Callie and Str oh yeah, Hawk and Callie have a really old flirty friend relationship that's really sweet. They fingered each other. Each other? Yes. Man, that's a really open relationship. He's very experimental in the bedroom. Oh, cool. Good job, Hawk. I'll stop whispering now. Don't, I'm almost got a half chub on. Keep going. I'm done. <laughs> a hog gets Jordy to site-to-site -site transport Reg and himself to an empty part of the ship so as not to arouse suspicion. Arouse. Jordy chooses 10 forward but warns him that they'll have to stay healthy, have to stay stealthy and get to the bridge in order to purge the command code so the real bridge can take them back. Okay. The okay. pair arrive in 10 forward only to be confronted by Guinan. At first, she's charming, and then she draws a weapon on Hawk and nearly kills him before Reg shoots her in the back. What the fuck, Reg? I guess I never really that. liked her, Reg admits. What? Too nosy. Too nosy. Hawk smiles. Maybe we're going to get along after all, he says. God, they fucking hate Guinan. What the fuck just happened? I love Guinan. What are you doing? I. Oh, no. 
It turns out that both Hawk and Reg are psychopaths. Damn, maybe they're both holograms. Oh no, what if they're both holograms? Oh, all right. Uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see. The we'll men see. move through the ship to engineering so that they can run a diagnostic to find out why Guinan attacked them. Reg explains that the Hollow program has replicated the Enterprise completely, so even the Hollow sensors will be able to run diagnostics on the crew. Mm-hmm. The scan reveals that it wasn't Guinan, but a shapeshifter. Damn. Hawk tells Reg about the program and says that at least it means they luckily found the infiltrator. Reg gives his partner a look. It looks like the power surge has made some alterations to the program. Anyone could be a shapeshifter now, with all of their strength, but none of their weaknesses. Even me. <laughs> Even me. And then he punches him. No. Uh, just then, Jordy arrives and attacks them, and Callie tells Hawk to look for the warp coolant pipe. He shoots it, and the emission blasts Jordy to death, just like the Borg Queen. Wow, foreshadowing Jordy is, Hawk. Jordy's liquid now. He got liquefied. <laughs> Fuck. This is just like if you hate the crew of the TNG Enterprise, <laughs> this is your episode. Is, yeah. Though he hates to suggest it, Reg thinks they should split up. Him going to the computer core and Hawk going to the bridge. Fucking Reg is like, you go that way. I'm going home. I, I picture him being like, I'll, I'll go, I'll, like he's stuttering because he can't, yeah. you know, and he's like real nervous. Yeah. Uh, once Hawk can unlock the command codes, Reg can purge them and shut down the holodeck. Callie warns Hawk that this is a really bad idea, mm-hmm. and Hawk relays to Reg, Bar- uh, to Reg. Barkley says, I don't want to, believe me. I've seen a lot of old horror movies. <laughs> Hawk confides that he likes horror movies too, but agrees they don't have any choice. Oh, they're they're becoming be best, best friends. <laughs> Hawk travels oh, to the bridge, no. which is weirdly empty. After he unlocks the command codes, Riker, Troy, and Data confront him. Riker tells Hawk that he's read his service record and knows what he did at Setlick 3. How he should never have recommended him for promotion and how he has diminished the Enterprise crew. Whoa. Callie tells Hawk not to listen, to focus and remember his training. What did he do? Meanwhile, Barkley makes his way past security to the computer core and is starting to purge the system when he's hit from behind. Yeah. No, Barkley. Who is it? Hawk taps into environmental and activates a strobing of the lights, which disrupts the holograms long enough to get away. Also makes it look yeah. cool. It makes all the kids at home have seizures, <laughs> and then they have to pull this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that plays while this is happening. Sandstorm plays. <laughs> In the turbo lift, Hawk calls Reg, but can't get through. Stealthing his way into the computer core like a boss, Hawk is ready for anything except seeing Hollow Picard holding Reg hostage. What? Hawk asks Callie for help, and the woman on the end of the line tells him he needs to believe in himself for a change. (laughs) Hawk tries to talk the captain down with reason, and because Picard is Picard, whatever form he's in, Picard sees sense, understands that he's a hologram, and lets Reg go. What? Way to go, Hawk. How the fuck do you talk somebody into believing they're a hologram? Oh, my God. I'd like to read that dialogue if you got time. Yeah. Uh, with his accompl- with this accomplished, the holodeck is shut down, and Hawk takes the earpiece out and drops it to the floor. As he leaves, Reg picks the earpiece up, wanting to thank Callie, but all he hears is static. It was, she was a hologram. 
Hawk arrives in Troy's office and sits down on her couch. He's not happy to be there, and Troy asks if he needs an appointment. Oh, God. Wait, he, wait, wait. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. He breaks down and confides that he hasn't let himself connect with anyone since Setlick 3 when he lost an entire team, including a fellow cadet named Callie Brett. Yep. Later, Hawk enters 10 forward under the watchful eye of Guinan. He spies Reg drinking alone and takes a seat alongside him, patting him on the shoulder. Guinan smiles to herself. Now you're my new best friend. <laughs> my new best friend. Are you into Red holodeck Barkley? fucking? I sure am, Reg. Are you into fucking your your coworkers? That's, oh boy, am I? I uh, I love that. I love that he actually like is kind of broken. Like he's fucked up. Yeah. Like he's, it makes it makes him more interesting as a character for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that was cool. He's he's literally insane. Yeah, he hears Callie in an earpiece that's not picking anything up. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like he should probably take a few days off because that's like a serious mental problem that he's gonna have to deal with. What do you think of that episode, Josh? I liked it a lot. I like I I think him and Reg being friends is super good. It's odd couple as fuck, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Like fucking right from the moment when they both said they love horror movies, I was like, "This is adorable." Yeah. I want them to be best friends forever. Yeah, well, it won't be forever until but... somebody flies off into space and dies. <laughs> I'm not sure who yet, but <laughs> well, Reg is on the on the surface uh, inventing warp drive. <laughs> he's he's in, down on the surface inventing warp drive out of a still, and... <laughs> out of a fucking gin still. <laughs> making Zephram Cochran really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, that oh, was, you... That was good. Oh, go ahead. That was good. This is, this is, like... I don't know. Just seeing Barkley is, like, really, like... It's affecting my score of this, because it's, like, really great, but, like, having Barkley in it has put it over the top. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy. I like how Barkley gets, like, his day. I mean, Barkley gets his day sometimes, like, but he's always... Not always, but typically when he's, like, uh, winning in an episode, he's doing it, like, very nervously, and he's like, oh, God, oh, God, like, not self-confidently. I think this is cool that he's, like, like, I mean, he's still like that, but... He's still, like, the sidekick, yeah. but, I mean, like, it's it's just great to have him in an episode doing well. Yeah, I want to, I just, I, I like seeing him succeed. He finishes out the email by saying, oh, you boys, four left now. Oh, God. Ooh. We're going to have to have some conversations soon about what I should do next. There have been some suggestions, all of which slightly terrify me. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Anyway. I wake up every morning and I'm like, uh-oh, I'm alive. <laughs> Damn, maybe you should go see Troy. What's that, Callie? Oh, shit. Now you know my secret. Oh, no. It turns out he was Hawk the whole time. <laughs> it's me, Lieutenant Hawk. <laughs> That's exactly what he sounded like. Played by John Travolta, famously. Oh, oh no. What am I going to do? <laughs> Mr. Cartel. Oh, shit. <laughs> Captain Cartel. Anyway, um, love you guys. Probably slightly less than Brandon Braga likes giant lady parts, but yeah. I think that's probably for the best. I mean, is it less than that, though? <laughs> Signed, Rich, Chief Ship Designer for the Borg. And I'm done. Easiest assignment ever. (laughs) (laughs) You just just roll a dice and done. (laughs) Fucking amazing. Like, I'll tell you, Rich, 
I feel like you deserve a better venue for these episodes. I was to be saying, st- like, heard in. I agree with that. I was like, I was saying, like, I wish he would just write the new shows. Like, he should just write. I really want this. Se- I want this season eight to be real. Like, I really, I love it. Like, I'm in would, love with it. I would absolutely love to see this level of competence and understanding characters and writing and knowing what Star Trek really is yeah. applied to Discovery. Like, if they would bring yeah. Rich Masters on board, I, said I would Picard. immediately be on board for it. I said Picard. He should write Picard. Oh, yeah. He should definitely write Picard. Because I don't... I'm done. I, I don't think Discovery deserves Rich. I'm not gonna lie. Dude, it would be straight up like TNG, though. It would be yeah. like... DS9, really, where, like, season three suddenly becomes, like, a billion times better than anything that happened yeah. before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get producery, though, and say, like, Rich is obviously very, uh, good at writing these characters, and Picard is the only character, like, in Picard that we know is coming back. And not that I don't think Rich could do it, but I wouldn't want to give him the work to have to make the Discovery characters good, because that's, that's true. That's, like, a prison the thing sentence. Is, I can't think of any of the Discovery characters. I've watched two seasons of There's the shit, one who's much. a cow. <laughs> there's Frieza. Oh, Frieza uh, is in it, yeah. Well, there's Michael Burnham, there's yeah. Saru. But he's the cow, right? Yeah. They're like and cattle. Th- look, there's evil Captain Giorgio from the Mirror Universe. Oh, uh, she's around still, I guess, right? Cause there's Stamets. Oh, uh, Stamets, yeah. Tilly. Yeah, tell you. And then that's it. And I think there's like eight other characters. The shitty part about Stamets, Tilly, uh, uh that's I, I mean I guess that's about it. Is like they're great like starting points for characters, but they're trapped in a shitty show. Like Yeah, therein lies the problem. Like Stamets is like a bones, but he's just like modern sassy. Like he's just real like over it, yeah, he's, right? He's like a he's like a bones who's like He's grouchy, but yeah. it's more like that sort of like I'm smarter than everybody right. in the room, and I'm tired of waiting for them to catch he's up. He's like a millennial. Like he's like a which he like he's like Gen X, the actor, but he's like a millennial, yeah. right? Like he's like I'm, I don't have time for this. <laughs> like, yeah, I love it. It's, it's cool. Like Rich, I think Rich has that golden touch. I know it would be tough, but yeah. I feel like he's got the ability to like bring anything else. To I agree. Level. I just wouldn't want to be the one to tell him he got hired to that show. I'll do it. Cause it You're damned forever, he's, Rich Masters. He's gotta go live in Canada where they shoot the show, which is gonna be a hard transition from England, which is just like other Canada. <laughs> Original Canada. Dude. Like uh It's weird that we have like famous fans. We do? Like, fans that are, like, really a big part of the show to the point where, like, they're just (laughs) as big a part as we are. No, they're better than us, I'll say. Yeah. Because I don't care about us. No offense, Jeff. I I mean, I love you, but... Yeah, fuck us, I guess, but, uh... (laughs) Who cares? It's like Rich Masters, Boston Sean. Yeah. Like, Poppy. uh, I feel like Asterios is gonna be a big part with this new... It's like we have a ship, a, a crew to our ship. Uh, which one of us is the captain? I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain. Now. I'm the captain. <laughs> we just sit on the sh- on the bridge of the ship and say that at each other <laughs> all day, every day. Again. Oh god, they're stuck in a loop. 
This this has been going on for like I don't I'm know a hundred million light years. I'm it just captain, won't stop. I'm the, and then I'm turning into I, a I'm the captain. I'm now. turning into a catfish person. I'm the captain. I'm the catfish now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we fucking have a baby. <laughs> and and people are like, how does that work? And well, this species can have babies between two males. Yeah, why and not? Like, oh shit, let's write that in the science log, and then we learn. <laughs> And then we uh, fry up them catfish babies when we turn back to normal. Oh, man. Don't invite uh, Commander Tucker. He loves fried catfish. Of course he does. He's fucking southern stereotype. He loves every southern. Do you know how many fried catfishes I've had to delete in my inventory in Star Trek Online just because that asshole in the show likes fried catfish? I like how Star Trek Online works on this character said this one time. It's it, it's in the game. It's kind of cool because like it's just like a thing you pick up. Like it, it's not like it's just like a trash, right? They're just like here's fried yeah. catfish. You can eat it if you want. I don't know. It's I fun. Like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, we're at like an hour and a half on this baby, so I think it's probably the best time now to call it quits. This is usually when I go poop. Yeah, it's late at night, so it's and it's hot, so it's time to call it quits. Oh, I gotta go to Wawa. <laughs> I would like to thank everybody who wrote in today and everyone who listens with a very special thank you to Rich Masters for giving us an incredible TNG season eight. I can't believe we're only four episodes. I don't to wanna the end. think about it ending, so I'm gonna pretend it's never gonna end, just like I do with my mortality. Um, people have pointed out that uh, DS9 Season 8 would be good. Oh, no. Does that terrify him, though? That's tough. It does terrify him. I I would put forth um, Enterprise Season 5. Oh. Would be good. That would be great. Um... But we'll see. We'll see where Rich goes with it. He's not contractually required to send us anything if he doesn't want. But he should. (laughs) And you should, too. Send it over to mclassemail at gmail.com. Do it. You can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast if you want to know what the next collection is going to be. Because who the fuck knows right now when we're recording this? I have no idea. I don't know. Satan's too. I might just pick one, honestly. (laughs) I hope it's Satan's too. You figure out more episodes and we'll do Satan's. Hell yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen, folks. There's no more. Trust me, I scoured for fucking those episodes. We did <laughs> we did fucking Devil in the Dark, even though it's about a pizza. Just because it has <laughs> devil in the name. I forgot about the pizzas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in one week with more M-Class goodness. Bye, nerds. <laughs> Bye, Trek bigots. <laughs>